CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, December 18th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace, not Aerosmith Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, sponsored this program, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. A sh- giant thank you and a shout-out to those unions oh. for jumping on. Oh, that, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> for jumping on board and sponsoring our program. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show from Wednesday, December 18th, is brought to you by the Chicago Federation of Labor YouTube live stream listeners. Let us know if you're here. Our song of the day. Da-da-da, Shooby-Doo. In, in honor of big time, Shubu's just killing it with scoops for the bright one. Da-da-da-da-da, Shooby-Doo. Do-do-do, Shooby-Doo. Dee-dee-dee-dee-doo. That's the drum. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Wednesday, December 18th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Shooby-dooby-doo indeed. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson is talking all things Donald Trump impeachment. And it's the return of our resident Bernie bro, one of 20. We got a lot of them. Jacobin Magazine writer, Micah Utrick. And now your host, is he a Bernie bro? <laughs> I can never tell. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Reefer Revolution Wednesday, and here's why. But before I do that, I got to say that Bernie bro thing is funny. Heidi Henry out there bringing you back to the show. Heidi's been saying, too many Bernie bros. <laughs> we got a lot of Bernie. I'm looking for somebody other. There's so many Bernie bros everywhere I go. So you're absolutely correct, Heidi. We a lot of Bernie bros on the Ben Jarofsky show. Anyway, let me get down to business here, young man, all right? Woke up this morning to see that the city council was in revolt. How about that? The Chicago City Council, right? Usually they roll over and do whatever the mayor says. The mayor says jump, they jump. If the mayor says sit, they sit. And they just run around in circles if she says run around in circles. But they're having a revolt, and we're calling it a reefer revolt, okay? Because the revolt. out. (laughs) They're revolting over reefer. I have to tell you, folks, I'm just so happy that cannabis is being legalized because it just gives me something to talk about. I love talking about reefer. All right. Now, uh, anyway, going back to the reefer revolt, which is occurring right now as we speak, uh, it was the story was in both papers today. Uh, my beloved Bright One, home delivered as always, and the Chicago Tribune. And this gives us an opportunity to compare headlines. Oh, I You love know, one this. of our favorite parts of this story? 
I mean, of the day. All right, Sorry, so here we so go. It's, it's usually it's our headline showdown. All right, For anybody, anyone yeah. who's new to the pro, I just titled it headline showdown, where we uh, look at the Sun Times headline and the Tribune headline and find out who did better. Yeah, or you know, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's a it's a very uh, subjective thing. Some people like one, some people like one. We'll start with the Tribune's headline, okay? All right, front page story. <clears throat> Bid to stall legal pot sales advances. One more time. Bid to stall legal pot sales advances. <laughs> huh? Come on, up your Boring. game, Tripp. Boring. <laughs> and here's my beloved Bright One home delivered. Did I tell you it was home delivered as always? You always do. Uh, and the Tribune was home delivered, too. Uh, I subscribed to the Tribune. Here we go. Yeah, this thing was home delivered, too. Who cares? <laughs> By the way, I was up when they got delivered. I woke up really early this morning. What time? Uh, five o'clock. In the morning? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right, everybody. So I've worked with Ben about two and a half years. I don't know, about 45 minutes. Prepare for just a crash. Ben Trosky no, no, but in the good news is I went back to bed at six. Okay. So I had left that part out. Anyway, so I saw the papers get thrown in the... Oh, the papers are here. Anyway, here's the Sun-Times headline. High drama over sales delay vote. Get it, D? High, high drama. drama. Not high as in high drama. It's high drama. Oh, so my oh, beloved like bright one. High. Yeah, get oh, okay. H-I-G-H drama, not H-I drama. It would be H-I comma drama. Hi, drama. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Anyway, I got to say the Sun-Times headline. Once again, come on, Trip. Let's up that headline game there. Hey, that was a slam dunk. That was an easy one. I know. Hi. How about this for a headline? More of the lame. Latest dreadful loss, another reminder of unsuccessful Bulls rebuild. <laughs> Sorry, back to the more of the lame. I thought that was, get it, more of the same. It's Ben's favorite team, the Bulls. The <laughs> same lame. Oh Speaking my God. of, where's your hat, dude? Oh, my God. For those watching on the live stream, <laughs> Bruce Bruce is wondering, where's Ben's hat? Hold on. Okay, well, you don't have to agree. He has to have his hat, guys. Here we go. Okay, there it is. There's that hat. I'm in love with you, shooby chooby doo. Anyway, back to the reefer revolt in the Chicago City Council. D, distracting me, all right? All right, so here we go. The Chicago City uh, Council, the aldermen of the City Council are usually very obedient. They do whatever the mayor tells them. Sit, sit, jump, jump, roll over, roll over. Pat, sell all the parking meters in the city for a fraction of what they're cost? No problemo. Sign a blank check to pay for the Olympics, even though it'll just cost us like billions of dollars? Right here, we'll sign it. 50 to nothing that way. How about this vote? Close mental health clinics in uh, high crime areas where everybody's freaking out? Sure, Mayor Rahm, whatever you say. $1.3 billion for Lincoln Yards in a neighborhood that doesn't need a subsidy? We'll go right ahead. Whatever you say, Mayor, we'll do what you say. Anyway, the current mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot, wants uh, the cannabis Cannabis stores, cannabis D, not reefer, way cannabis. To way to go. Right? Recreational marijuana uh, to be available January 1st. And apparently there's a huge eager market lined up uh, to uh, get their legal marijuana. This is like a big thing in the city of Chicago. So excited about their legal. But uh, 10 black aldermen at a city council hearing yesterday uh, voted 10 to 9. They beat the mayor to, to, to delay 
They passed a proposal to delay the implementation of free, excuse me, free, legal reef, nothing's free, legal reef in the city of Chicago for another six months, uh, pushing it back, or seven months, pushing it back to July on the grounds that of all the dispensaries that will be uh, selling the reefer, none of them will be black-owned. So it's rich, a bunch of rich white guys will be benefiting from legalized marijuana, even though for years and years and years, as I've been saying for years and years and years, the people punished for smoking marijuana were black people. Now, how is that fair? I, I, I'm with the alderman on this one 100% want to give a shout out to Jason Irvin, who was leading the charge, the chairman of the Black Caucus in the Chicago City Council. How is that fair? Somehow or other, they're rushing to pass this legal reefer bill, and no black people are going to get a benefit from it. A bunch of rich white guys who were never the brunt of the punishment, nor had to bear the brunt of the punishment. All these, I ask anybody out there, how is that fair? All right, so I applaud the alderman for taking a stand. Looks like I'm alone in applauding those. How about that, D? Once again, I am alone on an issue oh, in the boy. city of Chicago. The mayor is outraged. Outraged, I tell you. Here's what she said. Here's a quote from both papers, actually. The Sun-Times and the Tribune quoted the mayor on this one. <clears throat> she is mad. Quote, I have repeatedly asked the members of the Black Caucus to devise a strategy that addresses equity. Instead... We have primarily been met with a litany of complaints, but no tangible solutions. Crossing our arms and walking away is a tactic, not a strategy, and is not only unacceptable, but irresponsible. In other words, shut up and get in line, all right? <laughs> now, like, who has an answer? Nobody has an answer right now. And if the black alderman had stood up and demanded that somebody deal with this issue, and force it or, or force a delay, nobody would be dealing with it at all. So the notion that somehow or other the mayor and the powers that be in the, in the city of Chicago were trying to figure out how to get more black people in the reefer business without this pressure is not true, not legit. Anyway, as we speak right now, there, I think the city council is meeting. Haven't seen any updates. It uh, looks like we got one right now. Uh oh, here. breaking here, news. Uh, Lightfoot blocks effort to delay recreational marijuana sales in Chicago. Uh, didn't I predict that, D? That's correct. I said before the show began, there's no way they're going to pass this thing because push comes to shove. The aldermen will back down as they generally do. That was their big moment yesterday in standing up uh, to Lori Lightfoot. Was that a headline or a, t a tweet? Uh, this was in the Chicago Sun-Times at 11.59 a.m. from one Fran the Woe Man Spielman. She's covering that beat. Uh, so anyway, uh, so the, the Great Revolt was yesterday. They've already pushed them back today. We'll get the details as the day uh, runs on. Carlos Ramirez Rosa will be in the studio uh, for a bonus feature, so I'm sure we'll be talking about this with him. But I just want to point out an uh, interesting uh, little inconsistency here. Uh, when it comes to delaying the implementation of bills. If you recall, the legalization of marijuana uh, was passed by the General Assembly at roughly the same time a casino bill was passed by the General Assembly, uh, enabling Chicago to have a casino. And the division of that casino would be a third for the operator, a third for the state, and a third for uh, the city. 
Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, had a study done or a study was done. I don't know if she was the one who had it. And the reports were that that's not enough money for the operator of the casino. So Mayor Lori Lightfoot went to Springfield and, and asked them to delay the opening of a casino in the city of Chicago until they could figure out a way of reconfiguring that formula so that the operator of the casino got more money. So it would mean less money for the state or less money for the city or less money for the city and the state and more money for the operator of the casino. So follow me on this, folks. When it comes to making sure that the state and the city give up some of its money to the private operator, the gazillionaire who's going to be running the casino, oh, it's okay to delay things because the gazillionaire needs more money. But when it comes to standing up for the rights of black people to get a piece of the pie on the reefer. No, oh, I love pie. Yeah, particularly reefer pie. <laughs> When even if it's just a crumb or two from the reefer pie, uh-uh, that delay is going to destroy business as we know it. Can't tolerate it. Get in line. That's what we call a, a double standard, D. And I think I'm going to quote you right now. Rules for thee, not for me. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson, he's on his way, driving to the studio right now. He's all ready to talk about. Where's Monroe driving right now? Where do you, where, where is he? Uh, Let's see. Hauling ass uh, he's hauling ass. He's a little late. I bet he's late. You haven't heard from Monroe? Yeah. <laughs> There's, I love Monroe Anderson dearly, a dear friend of mine, but the man never answers his cell phone. I would say he's probably somewhere on Elston Avenue. You know, that's how he gets. Uh, Micah Ukrit will be here. I don't think he drives. I think he's walking here. Uh, riding Jack a bike, maybe. It's really cold. That'd be All crazy. Right. Heidi Henry, bear with him. He's another Bernie bro. We're going to bring you on for another opinion about Bernie. I love Bernie. I have to admit, I love Bernie Sanders. And I, I don't think Heidi has anything against Bernie Sanders, uh, per se. It's some of the Bernie bros are really annoying. Anyway, we'll be talking... Um, Trump impeachment. Uh, we'll be talking Bernie and the and the rest of the Democratic uh, crew. And you know, there's people out there, D, saying it's over the impeachment. I've I've heard this from a lot of different people that the uh, impeachment proceedings are going to make America feel sorry for Donald Trump. What a thought! America's going to feel so sorry for Donald. It's like America is sleeping. Uh, and this impeachment is going to wake them up, and they're suddenly going to realize, oh, my God, they're picking on Donald Trump. What did he ever do to anybody? And they're going to turn and vote for Donald Trump. Those are the nervous Nellies in the Democratic Party. Oh, you nervous Nellies. I know they're so nervous. Anyway, we'll be talking about all that stuff, and see what and I'll see what Monroe has to say about the, the revolt and the city council. Uh, but curious what he, which position he'll take on that one. So anyway, plenty of political talk ahead of us, national, state, and local. But before we do any of that, the young man from Alton, the man they call the doctor, with the news. How's it going? I'm Dennis. Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, Ben, we have to take care of some business involving yesterday's news locally. And for that, we're going to you. No, Ben, not you. The people who listen to you, the Ben Jarofsky Show listeners. Oh. Kind of goes without saying, but we do appreciate all of you who take the time out to listen to our program. It means a lot. We hope you all have a happy holiday. And we really hope that the gentleman who tweeted out to the show on Tuesday is listening because we're reading your comment today, good sir. He was listening to our conversation with our Chicago Reader colleague, Maya Duke Masava, yesterday. 
I guess he's keeping us honest here, Benny J. And he has a, uh, a question. And Ben, I'd like you to respond. And Ben, if you'll allow me, I'd like to nerd out for a moment and channel my inner Casey Kasem. Oh, while reading this comment. Hang tight, Generation Z listeners. <laughs> Wait, I don't think millennials know who Casey Kasem is either. I think a lot of millennials know who Casey Number Kasem is. Number one in 1969, <laughs> Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was my Casey Kasem imitation. Oh, man, the reference you made. You, you, you've been listening to Casey Kasem for a long time. Wait, huh? time out. Was it a good imitation? I don't know. Number one, there was a man was... from Alton, and his name was Dr. Lee. That's my Casey Kasem invitation. All right. Well, here's mine. Ben. <laughs> what? How is yours any better than I just than said mine? one word, dude. <laughs> All I've said is one word. All right. Go ahead. Let's hear the invitation. Ben, this listener's name. <laughs> What's well, actually good? It's Tony. And Tony writes, <laughs> Dear Ben Jarofsky Show, first off, the homeowner's tax exemption doesn't save $10,000. Ben, anything you'd like to say about that? Uh. No, it doesn't. And I was trying to. My, I don't want to throw my under the bus. So I'll just say you're absolutely correct. Uh, wow, can we? But this without any kind of context, nobody knows what this is talking about. So uh, we were talking about uh, the fact we're talking about uh, Flessner Gate, right? Uh, that has to do with um, the uh, chief, the the corporation counsel, the number one lawyer that Lori Lightfoot appointed. As I pointed out yesterday, uh, he oversees all the legal strategy that the city has. That's a it's a very important job. Uh, it's a very important appointment. And uh, Lori Lightfoot, I think this gentleman, don't quote me on this, D. He was I think he was the chair of Lori Lightfoot's political campaign. So he's in a a good associate, tight associate of Lori Lightfoot. Turns out. Uh, he has two residents. How about that, huh? Which is less than Bruce Rauner had. Uh, one in Naperville and one a condo in the South Loop. And he was receiving the homeowner's exemption on both. Uh, and we owe that uh, revelation to uh, young Tommy Shuba uh, and Fran Spielman. By the way, I cut a deal with Shuba. He'll be in on Friday to nice. talk about this. Yeah, Tommy's busy. He's like, Ben, I'm... I said, can you come in? I'm oh, Ben, I'm busy. Fingers crossed. They yeah. hope he brings weed. <laughs> I, he's also the reefer reporter. By the way, I, th I think I saw him with a lampshade on his head at that Sun-Times oh, Christmas wow. party. They are partying hard. <laughs> oh, my God. They're doing the, they've like put the, spiked the punch and everything. Anyway, uh, so. Those, uh, oh, by the way, Chicago Sun-Times are having a Christmas party today. And yes. guess who wasn't invited? <laughs> None of us. Ben and Dennis. <laughs> That's correct. And Miles. Uh, so anyway, uh, they're. <laughs> um, where was it? Oh, a Flessner gate. So it turned out that he has these two homes. First, Lori Lightfoot said uh, it's absolutely, totally false that he was receiving two home exemptions. Uh, get your facts right. And then it turns out that uh, the Sun-Times, Fran Spielman and Tom Schubert were, in fact, correct. And Lori Lightfoot was uh, wrong, at, at which point uh, she sent a dozen roses to Tommy for calling him out. Not true negatory. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so yeah, so I was just very curious how a lawyer could not know that you're not only allowed to have one homeowner's exemption and when we we're having the conversation uh maya said it was a ten thousand dollar break and it doesn't work that way so what's the gentleman's name tony tony with a t you're absolutely correct doesn't uh, work that way all right we're going to read the rest of tony's comment here uh, once again doing casey case why i'm not sure it's felt like doing it <laughs> secondly 
Wait, weren't there questions that Casey Kasem had to deal with? We have a listener in Bismarck, North Dakota. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Is Tony from Bismarck? No. Does it say where he's from? I'm assuming Chicago. Oh, uh, you don't know. He could be from Naperville. Secondly. He could be Flesner's neighbor. Secondly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Will Colloway was never a journalist. Uh, yeah, I believe it was Maya who said that Will Calloway was one of the two, as I recall, uh, citizens of the city of Chicago who filed the Freedom of Information. Oh, my goodness. This guy did the deep dive. <laughs> who is this guy? Tony. Tony, man. I can give you a lot of credit. Uh, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. Absolutely. And secondly, thank you for taking notes. Uh, and thirdly, thank you for keeping us honest. Because um, even mayors need to be kept honest, right? Correct. All right. Thank you, Robert Mueller. Uh, I believe it was Maya who gave the, the credit to Will Calloway, but there was a second party. Uh, okay, what what she's alluding to, or what Tony with a T is alluding to, is, so how did we end up talking? We were talking about Laquan McDonald. Oh, yes. Uh, we were talking about the law department. And uh, when there was a video of... The, the, mur the shooting of Laquan McDonald by a Chicago police officer, Jason Van Dyke. And uh, Mayor Rahm concealed that video, would not release that video, because he said there was an ongoing investigation. Uh, and uh, two Chicago citizens, as I recall, one Will Calloway, who is an activist, and I believe he ran for Alderman D, uh, and another gentleman named Brandon Smith, who is a freelance journalist, and uh, occasionally wrote for the reader, I want to say, uh, filed a FOIA request, and uh, it ended up uh, before a Cook County Circuit Court judge who in October, I'm doing this off the top of my head, or November of 2015, ordered the city of Chicago to release that video, and nothing has been the same in Chicago politics since. In fact, I would argue that Lori Lightfoot would not be mayor today if that Cook County judge had not forced the city and uh, Mayor Rahm to release the video. Uh, and so there was one, uh, Brandon Smith was his name, he was a freelance journalist, and Will Calloway uh, was an activist. So um, I do not know if Will Calloway has ever written any uh, uh, any articles, done any journal uh, journalism. Uh, for all I know, he keeps a diary. Does that count as being a journalist? I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, does he maybe tweets? In this day and age, if you tweet, does that count as being a journalist? -y? I don't know. All right. The final portion of Tony's comment goes back to Flesner Gate again. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Finally, <laughs> doing case case. Yeah. How do you know what McCaffrey did or not do? Because he seems like a nice guy. I trust Lightfoot's judgment. Wow. I'm Casey Kasem. And scene. Ben, what would you like to say to Tony? And remember, we want Tony listening here, so please be nice. No, it's, first, I, I said it already. A, I like the fact that you listen. B, I like the fact that there you we go. listen carefully and take notes. C, that you take the time to write in. All these things. And you're really knowledgeable. I mean, he knows about the homeowner exemption. Are we about to book Tony to be a guest <laughs> on the program? Tony with a T right there. All right? Uh, yeah, I would book him. Absolutely. The guy knows. He knows who Will Calloway is. He knows who John Calloway is. He knows who Cab Calloway is. And uh, in turn, okay, so now we're, we're, this is a third thing I have to now go back. McCaffrey is Bill McCaffrey, who was a publicist for the, the, the building. Uh, the building. He had, was a publicist for the building department at one time, but the law department, and he was unceremoniously fired on Friday. And it had the the press corps of Chicago uh, up in arms. Now I had a I'm kind of a agnostic in this thing. I don't know McCaffrey. I never dealt with. All right, 
I probably sent him emails asking for information, but I don't recall ever having a conversation with him because Tony with the T, I have, an, I have to make a confession here. Back in the ROM days, we're McCaffrey mostly. Let's hear it. We never even played that music. ROMs people didn't really like me too much, Tony with a T. And I know you find that hard to believe because I'm such a likable guy, <laughs> but that's just how it went down. So most of them just ignored me. Uh, I think I may have gotten an email or two from McCaffrey. I don't know. I have to go back and look. But uh, so I don't, you know, I wasn't one of the people uh, up in arms about it because I didn't know the guy. All right. So a lot of reporters were upset because he was, and apparently this was Maya's uh, dealings with him. Uh, he was one of the more, uh, how do I put this, uh, responsive Flax, I've had my issues with publicists for the city for a long time, and I was pointing this out. I really have mixed feelings about the whole position, Tony, with a T, and I'd love to bring you on to have you debate this uh, because my, I believe that they should be public servants uh, whose sole job, I know, Tony, you're laughing right now at this thought, uh, should be to provide information when the public seeks it. So if the public wants a document, here's the document. If the public wants an explanation, they gather the explanation from the appropriate person. But instead, more often than not, Tony, uh, they act as publicists for whoever the mayor is. They act as what they effectively are, at-will political employees who are paid with public dollars. Uh, then the good government side of me, Tony, says that's... And I think Lori Lightfoot in the abstract would agree with me. Not Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, but Lori Lightfoot, the private citizen, who is very much a reformer. I, I think she might agree with me in this notion that they should be public servants whose first responsibility is to the public and to make sure that information is flowing freely, as opposed to obstructionists who block the flow of information, much like the FOIA law, I might add which is a law that's intended to open up government for public scrutiny, make sure people know what their government is up to, and in fact is usually used as a tool to keep people ignorant. Um, so anyway, that's my position on public uh, information officers or communication specialists. Uh, and uh, so this gentleman, McCaffrey, who was fired at just at the same time, roughly, coincidentally, I suppose, uh, that Flesner Gate was erupting. So he gets fired for reasons we do not know why. They didn't come out and say. But Flesner, when it turns out he's getting two home homeowners exemptions, which everybody, uh, including Dennis, Miles, and uh, Tony with a T, knows you can only get one. Somehow or other, the, the most important lawyer in the city of Chicago was unaware of that little detail of law and the response was well mistakes happen okay that's why we have erasers on the end of pencils so i was merely pointing out one more time we talked about this earlier in the show what's the rule what did you tell me d you were the one who told me this yesterday oh rules for thee not for me rules for thee not for me so if some teacher uh, for, for a school, elementary school in the city of Chicago is discovered to uh, have a house to actually live, let's say, in Naperville, he or she will be fired. They'll have an investigation. But when the chief lawyer turns out he's got two homes, get two homeowner exemptions, well, come on, it's a mistake. So I, I don't think, uh, Tony, with the T, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I don't think this was, um, I don't think this was Mayor Lori Lightfoot's finest hour. So there you are, Tony, and with the nickname Ben's given you, the most obvious nickname, Tony with a T. <laughs> oh, what nickname do you got for him? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, haba Haba. Uh, that's the... <laughs> Bony Tony? I don't know. Better than Tony with a T. Uh, but hey, I hope he comes on the show because he's a vigorous defender of Lori Lightfoot, and I welcome them on. We have some defenders of Lori Lightfoot on. We just had Joanna Klonsky on the show a week ago, right? Last week, we... Uh, 
uh, Juanita Irizarry, Lori Glenn, right? We have Lori Lightfoot defenders mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, Nick Spazzato was on the show defending Lori Lightfoot last week. So we encourage all of you to be like Tony with a T and send us your comments, questions, complaints, whatever you have. Feel free to weigh in on Twitter at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show. That's also our Facebook handle, I guess, at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, and an email address, Benny J Show at Gmail. Dot com. All right, we're moving on. And if you're at all shocked when I read the following sentence, you must be new. Welcome to Chicago politics. <laughs> Another Democratic Chicago politician is being investigated <laughs> by the feds. Oh, the following yeah. comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Mark Brown, Tim Novak, and hammer down Robert Hergis. <laughs> Hergis' book. They, did you see they're having more copies of it printed? Oh, the Chicagopedia? Yes, I saw that. My bright one. Home delivered as always. Oh. Uh, but it's not in today's issue. We, so we can book him now? Can we book Hergis? Yeah, let's book Hergis to talk about it. I think I saw Hergis doing dunking for apples at the Sun-Times. Christmas Big party. party happening right now at the Chicago Sun-Times Christmas party. Hergith was doing his uh, Frank Sinatra imitation. Oh, man. Dooby-dooby-doo. <laughs> hey. All right. Well, the following comes from Hergith, Tim Novak, and Mark Brown. A federal grand jury subpoena obtained by the Chicago Sun-Times shows investigators are digging into former Cook County assessor Joe Barrios and his political organization. Ben, does this news surprise no. you at all? <laughs> <laughs> Just what it took. What what did it take so? I didn't take so. Joe Barrios, as everybody knows, or probably forgot, well, the junkies know, was for years the Cook County assessor. Uh, he was the former head of the Cook County Democratic Party, uh, and he was the committeeman of what ward, D? 31st. How did you know that? I, I have it right here. <laughs> wow, I got to give you a credit. Uh, and uh, he was actually, in his own uh, uh, avuncular way, a charming guy. Uh, I know that sounds hard to believe because he's so widely disliked by so many people in the city of Chicago. He was defeated as uh, assessor uh, for 10 trivia points. Who defeated him, D? Fritz Kagan. Very good, man. You're on a roll. Uh, and then he stepped down as party chairman. It was replaced by Tony Preckwinkle. I think he, uh, is he still the committeeman of the 31st Ward? I can't remember that. Uh, no, but, well, you're not on a roll. <laughs> uh, I just cannot remember that. Uh, but um, so, yeah, he suffered a few setbacks, to put it mildly. And uh, he's always, there's just been always this uh, accusations of nepotism surrounding him and swirling around him. He was uh, an insider, a lobbyist, and uh, he sort of just epitomized uh, democratic politics in the, the city of Chicago at, it, at its like nepotistic worst, if you will. And I guess it was. Um, just only about time. I mean, it was only time, I should say, uh, before the feds started looking into him, if they haven't been looking at him already. And so, yeah, it wasn't in the Tribune, by the way, but it was in the Sun-Times. Mark Brown, Tim Novak, and Robert Herger with the big scoop. The subpoena seeks documents related to Barrios' third, 31st Ward Democratic Organization, his Friends of Barrios Campaign Fund, and the Mexican-American Political Action Committee. The subpoena asks for information about contributions to Barrios' retirement party and his access to private planes and boats. Pri- private. I know that's the part. Mate. Where's he get the private planes? <laughs> Burials. Good God. Uh, I simply cannot relate. <laughs> and boats. 
among other things. Uh, it also seeks any items, quote, related to any official action taken in exchange for a benefit and specifies the type of actions, including, quote, assessor recommendations, certificates of correction, certificates of error, property valuations, and re Yeah, the feds are going after burials. Uh, and uh, by the way, my favorite part of the, do you have, are you going to be quoting more of this story? My fa- absolute favorite part of the story, and I got to give a, again, a shout out to Mark Brown, Tim Novak and Robert Hergeth is some reporter and they don't say which one, uh, approached, uh, Berrios for a comment at the bar at the Erie cafe and, uh, insiders know that he loves the Erie cafe. In fact, can I just tell you a little story here or tangible? We, at first Tuesday back in 2018, Mick Dumkey and I, the great Mick Dumkey, used to be my partner in crime, uh, we had scheduled a debate of the assessor candidates, Andrea Rayla, uh, Fritz Kage, and um, Joe Berrios. And Joe Berrios flat out said, nope, I'm not going to uh, do that debate. Apparently, he didn't want to uh, give any credibility to the Kagi campaign. Uh, Kagi said, I won't do the debate uh, if Andrea Rayla is there. <laughs> Interesting little attitude he had uh, toward democracy. Uh, and so we refused to uh, let them tell us how to do our debate. So guess what, D? We just had Andrea Rayla as a guest that night. Uh, there was, She debated herself. Uh, but anyway, somebody sent us, a, I think, a, a tweet or a... Um, a text of a picture of Joe Berrios' car outside the Erie Cafe. So while we were uh, having that discussion, he was at the Erie Cafe, uh, probably watching on his Facebook Live, you know, because it's always Facebook Live. Uh, anyway, my favorite part of this uh, story is some uh, unnamed reporter goes up to Berrios at the Erie Cafe and um, asks him for comment. And Berrios said, this is classic Berrios, quote, write your story. I'm having a good time. I have nothing to say. And uh, that is just Joe Berrios. You know, he's just like, guy, do your, whatever you got to do. I'll do what I'm doing. Uh, you know, he wasn't nasty and like, get the hell out of here or anything like that. It was just kind of how he goes about business. <laughs> I guess he figured this time was coming sooner or later. Uh, anyway, there's so many charges of nepotism dealing with Joe Berrios down through the years. But here's my absolute. Proco Joe Moreno was apparently at the bar as well. He's the former alderman of the first ward. Uh, a huge fan of Nirvana, Proko oh, yeah. Joe. Uh, Proko Joe is one of these guys who actually believes that the 90s was the best generation for music. Come on, Proko. And Proko and I, we didn't always see eye to eye in politics. But, but you guys both love Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a Nirvana song this weekend. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? It was kind of sad. Oh, my yeah, God. Nirvana. Like, Give me some. Can I have a drink right now? It's so depressing. I forget the name of the song, but it was like, oh. It was a love song, right? (laughs) I don't think there was much love in that song, okay? (laughs) I would not not associate love with that song, but I heard it, and they go, that was Nirvana. Uh, Oh, that was a great Casey Kasem. (laughs) So I guess I am imitating Casey Kasem. I'm a big fan of Casey Kasem, I must admit. Anyway, Proko Joe was at the Erie Cafe, and he said, quote, leave him alone. He's standing up for uh, Joe Berrios. I always thought Berrios and Proko Joe were rivals. This is the thing about Chicago politics, ladies and gentlemen. You have these people who are rivals at one moment, and they say the worst things about each other to people like me. Like they want to turn me against X, okay? So let's say Billy Bob wants to turn me against Joey Joe, all right? So he goes, off, this is off the record, Ben, but did you know that Joey Joe drinks? Did you know that? Did you know that Joey Joe... Are we talking about Joey Joe Barrios? <laughs> Just... 
Not, no, we're oh. not just making that up. Oh. And in fact, it's going on right now with several people who remain unnamed. I'm friends with each of them and they badmouth each other to me. Ben, did you know blah, 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 blah. You know, your good friend, blah, 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 blah. It happens all the time. Don't say their names, but just do impressions of them going blah, 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 blah. And so that's what, you know, Proco Joe would be trashing Joe Barrios, but now they're friends. Or at least he defended him. Proco Joe goes, leave him alone. Coming to the aid of Joe Barrios. To which Joe Barrios said, Proco, I don't need your help. I've been dealing with nettlesome reporters for years. Anyway, I remember once I was doing an investigation of Cook County uh, assessors and the the influence that property tax lawyers like John Cullerton, state Senate president, and Michael Joseph Madigan, uh, who is the Speaker of the House, and uh, Ed Burke, Alderman, Finance Committee Chair. Yes, I was doing an investigation looking into the influence they have with the assessor's office. And uh, Joe Berrios was the assessor at the time. And D, he, he gave me a stack of documents that was enormous. And it was he said, Ben, I'm, I'm giving you the information. I'm not holding anything back. I don't want you to ever say that I did not give you all the information. I had two thoughts. One, he was giving me the information. The other one, he was burying me with information in the hope that I <laughs> would never go through it. But I start from the top. Don't uh, don't look at the bottom. Just start from the top. Yeah, but I uh, that's like this movie uh, I just saw this weekend. I urge everybody. I talked about this every, uh, Dark Water with uh, Mark Ruffalo, great flick, and uh, he's de- looking into uh, uh, a lawsuit uh, that says Dupont was poisoning people in the area around in West Virginia, and they Dupont just dumps a bunch of. Uh, documents on him. It's a great scene where he has to go through boxes and boxes. I didn't have, Joe didn't give me that much, but he gave me a lot of information. And guess what I found out, D? Mm. I found out that there was no reason, follow me on this, folks, there was no reason why anybody should hire Michael Joseph Madigan or John Cullerton or Ed Burke as their assessor. That if you hired Dennis to do your assessment, he could probably do as good a job. Hey, everybody. There was no proof that they got a break, uh, any more of a break than anybody else. So the real reason people hired them was to cultivate favors with Madigan. It wasn't to get the break. There's tons of lawyers in the city of Chicago who could handle filling out the documents that you need to get a tax break from the assessor's office. It's going on right now as we speak with Fritz Kage. So I always felt that it was unfair to blame the assessor for this uh, cesspool that we had with the property tax appeal business. I I felt it was a way that influential uh, uh, downtown property owners were trying to curry favor with powerful politicians. So that was that was where the problem was. And lo and behold, Donald Don, John Trump thought it was a good idea to hire Ed Burke. And he, guess what? Got himself a break. Got himself a pal with the Democratic Party. Now he's mad at the Democrats because they're impeaching him, but that's a different thing. Anyway, uh, Joe Berrios in trouble. The feds are looking at him. Good job by Mark Brown, Tim Novak, and Robert Hergan. So we've all gone through this now about four or five times with these people. Uh, they get investigated by the feds. It's only a matter of time until we start seeing those people carrying boxes. <laughs> Yeah. Gloves on. Yeah. We'll keep you posted. Oh, I know. That's that right. Happens. With the FBI guys come in and their yeah. jackets say FBI. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, you're right. And they have the box. Carrying yeah. box. Excuse me, box. I got a box. Excuse me. And they always have the gloves. Yeah. They got the gloves. Yeah, the the gloves. Box. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Coming through.
So it's only a matter of time until that happens. Yeah, we'll keep no. you posted when it does. And finally, mm. we got to keep our daily tabs on the Illinois governor. Ooh. And it's official. J.B. Pritzker lives at the Thompson Center. I'm <laughs> not a perfect person. He's there for the second day in a row. <laughs> Today, the governor is in Chicago at the James R. Thompson Center mm. to sign the first responder pension consolidation bill mm. into law. Hey, that's uh, perfect timing because uh, Jeff Johnson will be in the studio tomorrow. We're talking pensions. Uh, Monroe Anderson has entered the building. Monroe Anderson has entered the building. Uh, and um, so, yeah, that's perfect timing to see. Uh, because Jeff know, Johnson's coming in? Coming in tomorrow. And he's the pension guru that we have. We bring on uh, once a month. I think we should bring him on twice a month. The guy knows more about pensions than anybody else in the world. Uh, but uh, anyway, so it's perfect timing. And uh, J.B. Pritzker, I guess, was I, – I, I haven't been following the reefer bill uh, in the city council, we'll, we'll let Monroe Anderson settle in, and then he'll get his opinion on the bill. See which uh, position, uh, which side he is on. Uh, I have not followed. Uh, it's been happening while we we're in the studio. You, you said you read the headline from Fran Spielman's article uh, that Lori Life had big surprise here convinced the alderman <laughs> to override uh, the committee vote and uh, and um, approve the. Uh, to defeat the effort to to delay uh, the the sale of recreational marijuana. Uh, But supposedly, uh, Governor Pritzker was going to add some kind of sweeteners uh, to the to the reefer uh, oh. to, to cut some black people into the deal. How about that, huh? <laughs> Only in Chicago. Black people got arrested for years and years for smoking marijuana, but when it came out to giving out the goodies to sell it legally, guess what? No black people anywhere. Black aldermen rise in revolt, and the mayor says, shut up, sit down. <laughs> How dare you try to stand up for black people? What a city I live in, ladies and gentlemen. So there you are, the latest in what's going on in Chicago and or Illinois. Of course, we'll keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. We're going to take a short little break, but after that break, we're going to be talking all things Donald Trump impeachment. And reefer. Oh, it looks like Monroe shaved. Looking good today, buddy. No, he's looking really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got that beard going. Hey, come on, man. He's Wait, like, did he... you go to the Sun-Times Christmas party? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we weren't invited. I wasn't invited. Yeah, <laughs> None of us were invited. I saw that nice sweater and the yeah. shaven face. I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> All right, Monroe Anderson will be with us after this break. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. The Ben Jarofsky Show is supported by Northwestern University's part-time master's program in literature and liberal studies. Students learn from dynamic and diverse faculty as they build advanced skills for critical analysis, writing, and research. Evening classes are held on Northwestern's Evanston and Chicago campuses. The spring quarter application deadline is January 15th. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash masters. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, Monroe Anderson, the street. By the way, I just want to tell you, this is breaking news. You had breaking news? I have breaking news. Oh, my God. My... It's like we're a news show. <laughs> 
<laughs> what broke? Uh, <laughs> uh, my guess at four o'clock for a bonus. Are you going to put that on the, the line? Oh, yeah, yeah. Carlos Ramirez Rose is going to be coming in for a four o'clock bonus, and we're going to do it live stream. Yeah. So if you're listening to this now, come back at four o'clock, and we'll do a special live stream with Carlos Rose. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, he texted me to see, are we still on today? I go, yes. And I wrote, did Le- Lightfoot win the reefer vote? And he wrote back, yes. So he was confirming the headline uh, that you read from Franz Spielman. We got sources everywhere, man. Okay? <laughs> we have sources everywhere. Uh, Carlos Mears, uh Rosa will be here at 4 o'clock, and we'll do it the live stream. I'll be talking a lot of stuff. He's a Bernie bro. Poor Monroe. Uh, Heidi Henry. So many of my guests, they don't love Bernie as much as my other guests. And you're always surrounded, Monroe, by Bernie bros. we got another one coming in in about 15 minutes. Uh, and Heidi Henry's yeah. complaining. We're going to have to that's, get... That's because, unlike that other place, facts don't matter. <laughs> oh. You know what he's talking about, right? But... <laughs> They fired you? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> Facts matter. <laughs> I remember that. Facts matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> Facts matter, and you're fired. Uh, <laughs> Facts matter. As a matter of fact, you're fired. <laughs> Because you presented one fact too many. <laughs> yeah, facts matter except the ones you're presenting. <laughs> Don't talk about that. Um, anyway, that's good. It's always it's always good to learn the limit. You know that there's limitations on free expression in this country. It's always never too late to learn that. You know, Colin Kaepernick learned it. I learned it as well. All right, Monroe. Uh, I teased this while you were here, but I'll, I'll take the deeper dive. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Monroe Anderson, yes, he comes in every week, and he's our expert on Trump. He's utterly obsessed with Donald John Trump. But before that, uh, he had a long career in the city of Chicago as a journalist, city hall journalist. Uh, I always like to tease that he's the one who got John Cass's job at the Chicago Tribune. So blame Monroe Anderson. Uh, and before that... I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you, did you read his column today? I was hilarious, dude. Oh. He, he lost me a few years ago. Oh, my God. He's worried about the soul of America because we're too hard on Trump. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where were you for the Clinton thing, you know? <laughs> what about the soul of America, you know, when uh, when Trump was saying that uh, Barack Obama was born in Kenya? Remember, what about the soul of America? Anyway, he's very worried about the soul of America. Uh, but uh, so uh, Monroe was also press secretary uh, to Eugene Sawyer, so no, he knows how the game is played. And anyway, so as you know, Monroe, Marijuana will be legal in the state of Illinois as of January 1st. And uh, somehow or other, the city of Chicago managed to uh, award uh, licenses to operate dispensaries for uh, recreational marijuana. And I don't know if any black people are getting anything out of it. Okay. And as you also know, Ricky may be at some point. At some point. (laughs) Ricky's in line. (laughs) Ricky, my good friend, Ricky Hendon is in line. Yes, he is. State Senator, a former state Senator. Anyway. uh, So, uh, and even though for years and years when there was a war on drugs, uh, black people were the ones 
who were arrested. So for selling drugs for, or smoking it yeah, right. or possessing right. it or right. anything. Or walking down the Walk- street <laughs> with a whiff of marijuana on them. That's you, it. You, smell, right. you smell like you smoked. <laughs> and I saw this firsthand. You know, I've I had a very sheltered life. Uh, and I must admit, and but uh, I saw it firsthand. I saw I white people walking down the street smoking marijuana, free as a bird. And then I'd go down to the, uh, a courthouse on the south side or the west side and just one young black man after another one being hauled before a judge for possessing marijuana. Right. And I uh, saw it with my own eyes, ladies and gentlemen. So I always felt, Monroe, and uh, I admit I'm a liberal. I admit I'm idealistic. I admit I'm naive. Uh, I always felt that it would only be fair to cut black people in on the goodies when it was legal. But apparently they couldn't find any black people or very few and so the city council black alderman the chicago city council who, were, who back in the day uh, used to be called the silent six <laughs> you know when daily what was it off yes that's correct <laughs> these people are not silent for once they stood right, up and they right. said no this is outrageous and they voted they got uh they got a hispanic guy to vote with them and they got a a, a measure passed in committee yesterday that would delay for seven months uh the um legalization the sales of legal reefer in the city of chicago right, until they could find some until, black people <laughs> where are they <laughs> where where the black people at <laughs> i know a lot of black people <laughs> one of them could sell it right if they they asked me, I would have taken one. I, would, I wouldn't mind having a marijuana store. <laughs> We're the black people. That's a flip on. We're the white people. Right, yeah. right. So anyway, uh, so while they're, they were going to seven months to find some black people, okay? Because right. they're so hard to find right. in the city of Chicago. Well, uh, actually, those with money. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. Because right. it takes a lot of money yeah, to open up a marijuana Isn't store. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, the mayor was outraged. And she said, we're just going to really screw things up. And, uh, you know, it's not good enough just to stop your feet and fold your arms. You have to come up with a solution. And uh, so apparently, I don't, I've just seen the headline. I got the text. Apparently, she prevailed today. I knew she would. Right. I knew somebody would fold in yeah, this right. one. But I was happy. I got to say, I was pleased to see any sign, any, you know, like the of, of uh, little rebelliousness uh, from our aldermen who are only too happy to just do backflips, whatever the mayor says, like, hmm, sell the parking meters for a fraction of what they're worth right. for the next 75 years. Right. So I was very, very very pleased they'll to see. give you a job yeah they'll give you a job uh so uh how would you have voted had you been an alderman in the city council would you have voted for the delay or would you have sided with the mayor i i, I would have um sadly voted for the delay why do you say sadly because <laughs> i'm looking for it <laughs> <What's that reaper? laughs> I just want to smell it. Oh, you're supposed to smell it. We're not allowed to say this, but Monroe Anderson back in the day. Star Wars was very good. Yeah, big George Clinton fan. Oh, yeah, for those who uh, last week they were talking about watching or smoking weed and watching Star Wars. Oh, that's we were talking about that. Like I can't remember. Oh, you're kidding. I think I saw uh, I saw Jaws when I was high, and it, it was a great movie. Uh, so yeah, you you know the problem with watching those movies high 
is the next day you can't remember what yeah. it was about. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember the plot. Uh, <laughs> you I just can't. remember that it was nice. It was I, good. I, 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 I have a memory issues anyway. Dennis is always telling me, remember you said this yesterday? I go, I did? I said that? Sounds like something I would say. Common theme on the show. <laughs> yeah, but I can't blame marijuana. So, uh, but you must be pleased that, you know, there was a sign of, of like, a flare of independence, if you oh, will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was... Um, for obvious reasons, you know, I mean, it's I mean, it's ridiculous that black Chicago has bared the brunt of, of law against anti marijuana laws. And then when it becomes legal, well, we don't need you anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> so so they they actually stood on principle, which I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed, too. Uh, and I, I did point out uh, this uh, interesting inconsistency. Uh, that when it came to the casino bill, and I'm going to just explain this one more time, when it came to the casino bill, which was passed at the at the last uh, General Assembly session, I think, I can't remember, was it the veto session? Uh, Lori Lightfoot asked for it to be uh, a delay because the formula, she felt, uh, did not provide enough money for the casino operator. And uh, so follow me this, when it's a casino operator who I'm sure is a very wealthy person. Doubt. Uh, okay. Yeah, last time I checked, the casinos cost a little bit to buy. Yeah. So if you're going to be a casino operator, you got some money. So when it comes to getting more money for the rich guy who owns the casino, it's okay to delay it, all right? But when it comes to getting some money for some black guy to be a part of the legal yeah, reefer no, you game. Got, you got it backwards. Uh, yeah, okay. It was, it, it was because it was to get some money for some rich guys that it had to go on the the marijuana store. Yes, now why, exactly. Why would they have to wait for seven right, months no. when they can get their money yeah. now? Yeah, no, they want the money now. <laughs> it's really important, okay? <laughs> so anyway, I have, I have, I have just, I have to admit, I have really mixed feelings, and I think it's more of a statement about uh, my peculiarities, uh, Monroe. I fought all those years for legalized marijuana, and now that it's on the verge of being legal, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, is that all there is? I'm feeling. I, 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 I can't join the celebration for some. I have some issues here, right? Don't you think so? Well, we'll see. If, if I'm invited to your party this year, <laughs> if, if you're walking around with a joint hanging out your mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, the party, we'll talk about that at the next break, but the party is before uh, legal uh, marijuana is officially legal. All right, anyway, uh, so there's that. So good, I guess, good news for people who love marijuana. You'll be able to buy it legally. Uh, as of January 1st, uh, thanks to Mayor Lori Lightfoot prevailing. But the there's that supply shortage. Oh, yeah. There's the supply. <laughs> there's the supply that's, shortage. That, that's bad management. That's what that is. The people they're giving the stores to don't know how to manage it. You can, you can grow marijuana in your basement. It's a weed. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying yesterday, but uh, Maya corrected me. Uh, she said, no, Ben, it's more complicated than that. But I thought oh, that's for the high grade stuff. Uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more of the um, weed that was available in 1968. Well, that's yeah, in 
know that's it's kind of a, a a boomer's view of the world, Monroe. I had the same attitude. We never yeah. ran out of reefer in the seventies. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know. When you get ten dollar bags yeah. instead of pay two hundred and fifty, three hundred bucks. All right, uh, I am going to need a lot of marijuana uh, to get through uh, the rest of the Donald Trump era. Uh, Monroe uh, has been predicting Donald Trump's demise. May uh, 19, 2017. Yes. May 27. Seems like 1917. Uh, and March. Of, March. Uh, yeah, yeah and, March. And um, uh, Donald Trump has been hanging on and a uh, lot to talk about. Uh, Donald Trump is out of his mind uh, with uh, the, this letter. The six, I'm reading the headline in the in New York Times. Trump's six-page diatribe belittles impeachment as a, quote, attempted coup. Yeah, you, and, and you know his, um, his white supremacist helped him write the, the letter. Miller? Yes. Stephen Miller, they, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, a joint venture, shall we? No, uh, joint venture. Uh, you really got the and, puns going and, today, and, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and the um, exclamation mark uh, marks were all over the place. Um, so, all right, uh, there's two, uh, several issues I want to address with you, and um, uh, let's. I'll just deal with the, the first one first. Is Trump? Insane? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Next question. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> on one hand, I asked that question. On the other hand, I kind of welcome it in a, in a perverse way. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump is blowing up all the protocol right. that other presidents used to have to follow. Uh, there's no decorum in the office anymore. There's no standards in the office anymore. I kind of welcome it in one. There's part of me that I don't welcome it. any of it. Um, okay, go ahead. You know, when he was elected, I was in agreement with Hillary that he was unfit for the office. He has demonstrated time and time and time again. The thing is, all of his life, he's been a New York real estate guy where there are, it's the wild, wild west when it comes to rules and laws and what have you, it's, um, it's, it's, it's like terrible. In New York, he's always been thought of as a buffoon. He becomes president. He's, he's, he's been running a mom and pop shop for 40 years, and he's trying to run the country like a mom and pop shop. He's trying to run the country like a New York real estate um, person who pays no attention to the laws. He's, he's running the country like he ran his business. And he's been a big time crook for, for 40, 50 years. So there's nothing, you know, th this is why I can so assuredly say in, in what, March of 2017 mm -hmm. that he was going to be impeached. Because he had impeachable practices, yeah. he had impeachable hab habits. He has an impeachable mentality, you know. And, and as um, as Pelosi said later, a year ago, he was he was going to self impeach. If there's this <laughs> self impeach, right? This man <clears throat> was who the founding fathers had in mind when they put in the Constitution, impeach him. <laughs> When you look it up in the dictionary, there's Donald John Trump. Exactly, right, exactly. Uh, so, 
the point of this letter is what? It's a six-page diatribe. It does... Donald Trump, if he wanted to uh, confront directly the charges against him, could do so. He's choosing not to do so uh, in terms of the... No, he can't confront the, the, the charges against him because he is guilty as sin. <laughs> okay. He has no yeah. he has no defense. His, his hands was in the cookie <laughs> jar. There were cookie crumbs around his face. There were cookies in his pocket. The, the jar was half full. Now it's, it's a three quarters empty. Yeah. And there's crumbs on his shirt. Exactly, Don't forget that. Right, exactly. Okay. Right. So he, and he can barely talk because his mouth is full of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm innocent. It's a hoax. Monroe Anderson is on fire today. <laughs> so, okay. I suppose it's hard to defend yourself when you when you have the cookie crumbs on your face and on your shirt. And so, now, this is the Republican defense, okay. which is really interesting because mm-hmm. they have three defenses. All right, let's hear them. I'm which are write them down. Contrary. <laughs> They're contrary to each other. Okay. The first one is um, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Second was, was, well, what he did was for the good of America and the Ukraine. Okay. And the third was, well, he did something wrong, but so what? Everybody does it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is what the Republicans, this is their three defenses for him. Yeah, yeah. None of which make any sense. And they contradict each other. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. Let me uh, your um, your old colleague, uh, the Tribune. I'm going to advance his argument uh, for you and get your. Uh, OK. OK. So um, uh, this is the young man. Uh, he was a young man when you helped him get a start. Uh, he is uh, young. John Cass is uh, wrote in a column where he said that it's um, really dangerous to our country uh, to uh, impeach a president and that. It, we should think long and hard about it because it's going to promote divisive, divisiveness. America divided. <laughs> oh, oh, stop the presses. I'm, I'm summarizing. Now, I'm, his... I've been, I'm old enough to remember uh-huh. when we got a black man in the White House. Yes, go ahead. country divided. Wasn't that long ago. <laughs> right, exactly, right. right. So... so from the moment, the moment Barack Obama. They had a meeting the night of, of his inaugural mm-hmm. saying we're going to make him a one-term president. The Republicans did. Yeah. And now they're on TV during the impeachment. Yes. <laughs> uh, arguing that uh, the Democrats wanted to impeach him from the very beginning. Yes. Just say that one more time. Impeachment. But you're absolutely correct. From the moment Barack Obama was elected, Republicans were strategizing to keep him as a one-term president, to use all the powers at their disposal to keep him from passing any kind of legislation that might benefit him. It was a national version of what we lived through in the city of Chicago in the early 80s when another black man uh, took, isn't it interesting, Harold Washington became mayor of the city of Chicago, and all of a sudden, eh, let's block him at every step of the way. you know, and Richard Hatcher just died this week. I, I don't did. know if you heard yeah. that. Yeah, and with when he became the first black mayor of what was then thought of as a major city 
because Gary's population was twice what it is now. But anyway, when he became mayor, mm-hmm. all the white businesses within a 10-year period moved to Merrillville. They Not moved all out. of them, but many of them. Not, uh, literally almost all. Of them. all yeah. yeah. That's why. Have you have you driven down Broadway? <laughs> no. Right. Have you been to Gary lately? I, By the way, Monroe I, Anderson yeah, is from I, Gary. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a proud property owner <laughs> in Gary. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, my, my parents' house, and my sister okay. and I have it. I see. And they bought it in 1952 for $11,000, and it's probably still just worth $11,000 because uh, of... A graduate of Roosevelt High School yes. in uh, Gary, Indiana, uh, Monroe Anderson. Uh, yeah, I remember, we're on a tangent, but I remember Richard Hatcher. Uh, when I was a kid, he was a big deal. Right. Uh, he, yeah. he was symbolized uh, black political power. Right. He, he was, uh, he was, he was da- dating Nancy Wilson at one time. I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, or if no, I did, I forgot that. Uh, no, you'd probably know it. You'd uh, have to be from Gary, maybe. To that, it was that. a big deal in Gary. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Wow, the mayor's dancing, dating yeah. Nancy Wilson. Uh, but anyway, we're on a tangent here. Although I could, I'd love, I could go under Gary gossip and Gary uh, trivia. I have this like bizarre affinity to Gary, Indiana, and I've um, what two of my dear Monroe Anderson's from Gary and Milo Samarja yeah. uh, one of my oldest friends is from yeah, Gary the second greatest writer his from second Gary. greatest writer <laughs> from Gary so I love talking Gary with both of them uh, but uh, alright we'll move on from the Gary talk but yeah it is I just find the hypocrisy of the Republican Party just so overwhelming right and I mean, I, I struggle, Monroe, my whole career as a writer, to like, you stand by certain principles that you believe in and you apply those principles yeah. to absolutely everyone. Right. So, for instance, in our example, if it's okay to delay a casino uh, in order to help the rich guy that's going to own the casino, right. can't you also delay the sale of legalized reefer to help black people? You know what I'm saying? There's a principle there. No, the, the principle, <laughs> you keep missing the principle. The principle is you want to help rich people with the casino and you want to help rich people with the uh, marijuana stores, it. okay? okay? All right. And there's it. a consistency there. <laughs> there is, and you don't really care about the black people. Exactly. Right. Okay, I got right, the principle. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, so going back to the principle is a, a president is elected and our, it's our country's responsibility to come together as much as we can to help that, princ- uh, that president um, pass the legislation that he or she wants uh, and to do what he or she has a, uh, a, you know, a, a responsibility uh, to do, which is to make the country stronger and better. Uh, but the Republicans, from the moment that uh, Barack Obama was elected, declared war on his presidency, and Donald Trump was one of the leading uh Singers in the chorus denouncing him at every step of the way, right. marginalizing him, right. uh, trying to say he's not even a citizen. Right. Uh, so here we are, all these years later, and the Democrats um, are investigating Donald Trump's crimes and misdemeanors. No, they're impeaching him for it. The investigation's over. The vest- okay, the investigation's over. I mean, they well, it's not over him. because he commits crimes as we go. So Yeah, so right. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. So they're, they're, they're done investigating the old crimes, but they're still busy with the, the, the occurring crimes. So the same Republicans yes. who openly uh, defied Obama and never gave Obama an opportunity to implement uh, his programs and his vision, uh, and uh, the same exact Republicans are crying 
tears crocodile like, tears, tears. <laughs> you can read them right. if you can get to your tribune it's drenched with the tears right. of john cass crying they're, they're having, how unfair it they're, is they're having wine and cheese parties <laughs> w-h-i-n-e yeah okay no 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 All let, right. let, let me point out how hypocritical they are just okay. that hypocritical okay Part of their defense, what they're right now, that's what we're talking, uh -huh. they're, and, and they're discussing whether he should be impeached or not, yeah. which he will be before the day is over or within 24 hours. But anyway, what they're saying is that they could be passing all these bills and doing the people's uh, business if they weren't wasting time with this impeachment business. Yeah. The Democrats' house... Uh, Democrats in the House have have passed 475 bills, uh, of, 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 uh, a little bit a little bit more than half of them were were um, bipartisan. Eighty percent of those bills that they passed are sitting on Mitch Mitch's desk. Yes. Okay, because he doesn't want to give. The Democrats, the House Democrats, any um, credit for doing something, it's so that um, anything that happens will go to, to Trump. Yeah. So yeah. They, as they decry and say we need to be doing something for the people, the Democrats have done things for the people that the Republicans in the Senate have just stopped. Yeah. No, I, I, and then more and hypocrisy, all, right? And they're complaining about there are no eyewitnesses, which is not completely true. No fact witnesses, which is not completely true, but it's almost true. But the reason there are no fact witnesses because Trump wouldn't let the fact witnesses testify. You're talking about the fact witnesses in the impeachment inquiry. So, exactly. Yes. As in Mulvaney. Yeah. Well, by the way, this is, and uh, when, we're take, when we come back from break, we'll bring uh, Micah on to talk about this. I believe he has a different attitude toward impeachment. Uh, he's one of my dear uh, friends of the lefty persuasion who I think, and I'm just sort of generally summing up, thinks the whole thing's a waste of time. Uh, so we'll bring him on, and it'll be an interesting argument, a debate uh, that we're going to have here. Um, but uh, yes, uh, what Donald Trump did is pretty slick. Uh, he prohibited uh, the people who could give testimony uh, as to what exactly because he said. Because he's guilty. He's <laughs> got the cookie crumbs right, exactly, all over. Exactly, right, exactly. But That's all right. I... I uh, I've been thinking a lot about this, and uh, I will probably talk more about this with Mike as well. I've coincidentally, I've been uh, reading books uh, about the early Obama years. It takes me a while, uh, and I'm going back and reviewing the history. And Obama's dedication, which is either really impressive uh, or depressing, but his dedication to the notion, a concept of bipartisanship in this country. Uh, is astounding. Remember, Harold Washington was going to be fairer than fair. That's that's a trademark of um, newly minted black politicians. Uh, once they've been around a while, and they learn how to be as crooked as the white guys. But because <laughs> because you have to prove, you know, I was raised, um, for example, that, um, where I was supposed to be as good as twice as good as the white person to just be on equal basis with them. You had to work twice as hard because of discrimination, yeah. what have you. With black politicians, the, the, the first 
you know, the, 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 the uh, pioneers, they tried to be accommodating. They tried to appease. So Harold promised that he was going to be fair, they're fair, which he was as mayor. He was and, fair. And, and Obama did the same thing as president. Yeah. When we had Nick Spazzato in here uh, a week ago, conservative alderman, I voted for Trump, by the way, uh, but still a friend of the Ben Jarofsky show. Yeah, oh, well, he, he, you know, he, I, I got my Trump's. You he, got your Trump he, friends. Exactly, I got right, mine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nick's always welcome on our I, show. J- journalists have to. You know, I tell people, I I know murderers and I know saints. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but he pointed out that uh, as a firefighter, Harold was good to the firefighters. He's. We were discussing Harold, and so Harold is very fair. Uh, but Harold Washington came to the realization. Monroe, and here's a di- big difference between Harold Washington and uh, Barack Obama, yeah. that no matter what he did, he was never going to win over uh, a certain uh, alderman in the city of Chicago. They're going to be forever against him right. uh, for many different reasons, uh, some having to do with race, some using race as a tool yeah. uh, to keep their power yeah. and so forth. I th- Barack Obama has never wavered. Except when you talk about certain people, for example, I can remember that um, when Mitch McConnell was blocking all his stuff, um, some people suggested to him, well, why don't you go have a drink with Mitch and you guys can talk it over and patch up at it. And Obama says, why don't you go have a drink with Mitch McConnell? He wasn't about to, to do have it. A drink. I, exactly. Uh, so, I, don't re- I don't remember that one, but yeah. he basically has never wavered, aside from drinking with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> yeah. He has never wavered from the notion that uh, there can be... Uh, this ground, uh, common ground that Democrats and Repo- uh, Democrats and Republicans can work on, and he's still at the moment uh, uh, advising Democrats not to be too woke, and that's his word, yeah. and to uh, find a middle ground that they can work with Republicans. And I was reading the speech he gave. The the uh, the, 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 the no per- no red states, no blue states. No, no, that's the first speech. Yeah, uh, right. But I was reading the speech he gave uh, to uh, on the eve of the Obamacare bill. And when he was advocating for the passage of Affordable Care Act, uh, which was the signature legislation of his first two years in office. Right. And in that speech, he was saying that he can understand he why people would have a skeptical, uh, what was it, like a, a healthy skepticism about government. So in that speech, he was making uh, an appeal to Republicans who... Uh, would not want uh, like a, a single payer, or would not want a public option. Didn't have a public option. Well, in see, that I first have bill. a different interpretation of well, that. And and so Republicans <laughs> responded to that by what? Not voting for his bill right. and spending every working day right. of the next see, but, eight okay, years this, trying to undo that bill. But see, this is this is what you have to factor in with Obama: is he is an intelligence and um, intellectual. And so being an intellectual, you see more than one side. You don't wear blinders. You have to, you have to like, survey the landscape and, and come up with certain um, varying points of views. Harold had that same reputation. They, they said when, when he was in the state government that you could give him a position and he could argue either side very, very convincingly because, again, he was an intellectual, so he, he could do one or the other. These 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 Trump nuts and Trump, <laughs> yeah. Um, they they don't know which uh, which way the sun rises. 
they don't they haven't figured out that the earth is round yet well uh Some of them. i think you're being very uh fair to barack obama um i uh and i and, and i didn't like a lot of you know, for the record there were things that barack did that i didn't agree with but i didn't write about them because i didn't want to aid and abet the enemy all these people that were dumping on him day in and day out. So I chose not to be critical of him. Well, defend yourself from the uh, the, the counter charge that you're just like Republicans with Trump. If With what you did, how are you any different than Republicans with Trump right now? I, w- I was a writer and I was attacking the, the right. I wasn't supportive of, of Obama. I just didn't attack mm. him. There's a difference. They are like, um, they're on the Titanic and they're arranging the furniture yeah. right now. I, I, I would make the following d- defense and then we'll take a break and bring Mike on and hear his defense. Uh, I would say that uh, Bar- Barack Obama had a mandate. He had a convincing victory that uh, Donald John Trump did not. Right. I will recall that Donald John Trump did not even win the popular vote. He lost the popular vote. By 2.7 million. Yeah, so he had the opposite of a mandate. Right. And, and, so, and he won by three states by a total of 77,000 So that, I, w- I would say uh, Barack Obama had a mandate. Uh, and uh, I would say uh, that the opposition to Barack <laughs> Obama was across the board, even though he was presenting policies that were essentially moderate Republican policies. His health care policy, as you know, we've talked about this before, yeah. was modeled on Mitt Romney's yeah, in right. Massachusetts. So the Republicans were completely hypocritical uh, to dis- to treat it as though it was socialism. Uh, oh, you want to you want to know the common denominator in all this? race there's that too race uh and uh so i I can i I can understand uh why you had the attitude you did all right micah is on deck he's ready to talk he's ready to vigorously uh defend his position that impeachment is a freaking waste of time and uh come on over here Micah. (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be interesting folks uh we'll be right back after this Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. 
Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. Chicagoland Cremation Options.com. One more time. Chicago Land Cremation Options.com.